What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. I am your host, Mark Adams. You can find me on Twitter at 49ers Camelot or wherever because that's the, I have the same name everywhere I'm at. Um, you can also find my stuff at 49ers Web Zone. I write there, so go check that out. Um, go check out what we're doing there. A lot of great writers doing some really cool stuff, and so uh, so go check that out. We're going to jump in today, and uh, I titled this Brock Purdy Leads Offensive Masterclass First of the Cardinals, and I'm going to give some key takeaways, some things that jumped out to me uh, because it is fun to celebrate and fun to break down some things uh, that uh, that happen. What's up, Josh? Josh is here with me in the chat. He said, this is a victory Monday. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm getting used to this, man. It's it's fun to have this team winning so much. And uh, hopefully next week we're celebrating that again because uh, the next matchup is going to be the toughest one so far. Bryant says, what's up, Faithful? What's up, Bryant? Good to have you here. So let's get into this. Let's see what, uh, what jumped out to me, some key things, some key takeaways. Again, the way that I do this on Mondays is I is while I'm watching the game on Sundays, I'm writing down notes. And so if you are in the PSF app with us when we're live, uh, me and Anthony Robertson, then uh, you probably hear me typing or something like that because I'm, I'm writing notes so that I don't forget anything so that when I come back to write my article for 49ers web zone the next morning, or when I uh, jump on here to, uh, to talk about the game, uh, those things are down are, are already written down. So that way I don't forget them. So here's uh, here's the notes that I wrote down. If someone is going to break a record held by Jerry Rice, I'm glad it was Christian McCaffrey. So as you probably know, McCaffrey broke Rice's record for scoring a touchdown in his 13th straight game with 49ers. Now that's pretty cool. That's great for the 49ers, but here's the thing that I thought was interesting. This is per ESPN. McCaffrey is the first player in the NFL to do that since Arian Foster had a 13 game streak for Houston back in 2011 and 2012. McCaffrey's too shy of the record since the merger held by John Riggins and OJ Simpson. This is before OJ Simpson started committing double homicides, but that's a different, that's a different podcast. Um, so if McCaffrey does this for a few more games in a row, he's going to be the all time leader in this. And so that's pretty impressive. You know, John Riggins, he was, he was a legend back in the late seventies and early eighties. And OJ Simpson, of course, was, was one of the greats. Um, so that'll be a pretty, pretty amazing accomplishment. If, uh, if McCaffrey reaches that, I mean, it's already impressive, but if he's able to break that record, it's even more impressive. Uh, next thing I wrote down was that Jair Brown making an impact on special teams is good to see. It's, it would be really cool to see him, make an impact on the defense and get to play with the defense. But as long as Tashawn Gibson uh, continues to play at a high level, <clears throat> then Brown's going to have to wait a little bit because, um, I mean, right now the, the defense is playing well, especially in the secondary. Uh, I'm going to talk about one of the secondary members here in a little bit, but you can probably guess which one. But I think they're right now Lenore and um, – 
and Ward are playing well at corner, and uh, the safeties are playing real well. So uh, no uh, no issues there. <clears throat> uh, Josh wrote in the chat has a very good shot with how he's used. Yeah, lol. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about McCaffrey uh, breaking that record. Yeah, he has used fairly often, I would say. Um, the and then Josh wrote the better. Uh, CMC plays the worst. Kyle likes the backup running backs. Yeah, and to me, it seemed like Jordan Mason didn't have the juice yesterday that he had last year. He just didn't seem to have that, you know, because he would come in and he'd be like a truck running people over and uh, and just shooting through those gaps. And uh, he really didn't do that. He, He didn't do much yesterday. And so I think Elijah Mitchell needs to be healthy because I think that Kyle wants to spell uh, McCaffrey as often as he can. And I think that he really trusts uh, Elijah Mitchell because as we've said multiple times, Mitchell has still not fumbled in his NFL career. That's amazing, especially for the amount of carries he had as a rookie. And so when you have a guy like that who can make plays and doesn't put the ball on the ground, Man, coaches love guys like that. And so I think that Kyle has a lot of confidence in Mitchell as a backup running back. And I think that Mason, he hasn't fumbled in a regular season game, but he put the ball on the ground three or four times in the preseason. And so I don't know if that's still in Kyle's mind. Um, so I was kind of curious. I mean, he you didn't see Ty Davis Price play at all yesterday. Uh, so that's... Uh, I'd be interested to see what Davis price can do, but I think that Jordan Mason is definitely the better of the two right now. So um, just, I just noticed that Mason didn't look quite as fast and as as strong um, yesterday as he did last season. Next thing I wrote down is that McCaffrey is Superman. He not only runs, he flies. So uh, I wrote that down when I saw that, that play where McCaffrey leaped over or leapt. I don't know what the proper term, proper way to say that is, but when he jumped over that, that uh, one defender, uh, when he scored, that was incredible. Um, in our PSF chat, um, you know, we're live during that, uh, in the PSF app, go check that out. Uh, you can download it, whether it's for Android or, uh, or, or your Apple device, your, your, uh, your iPad, your iPhone, all those things. So, I I was I was watching on uh, uh, Sunday Ticket, and Anthony was watching. I'm guessing on just on TV, and so I was mine was a little bit ahead of of his, and so I I try not to tell what's going on before he gets to see uh, the play, and so it's kind of hard because sometimes I'm like whoa, you know, and 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 I react in a way. Because uh, usually when I'm not live like that setting, um, I'm a lot more reactionary. Uh, so Sunday Sunday night, we're not going to be live. The other team on PSF will be, and that team has Steph Sanchez. So so again, go download the app and come join us. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so Sunday night, I won't be live, but I'll probably be reacting uh, more than I normally do. Uh, next thing, someone tell Jake Moody he's not allowed to kick the ball out of bounds on kickoffs. That's twice this season already. And this time, 
you know, the other when that happens, the other team starts at the 40-yard line. So that's a huge mistake. I mean, we're talking if you if you kick it back and they start at the 25, no big deal. If they start at the 30, that's I mean, that's not what you want, but still it's not that big of a deal. But if they start at the 40, I mean, you're already giving them one or two first downs that they don't have to get. And so 40-yard line is is good field position for an offense to start out at. And so Moody, when he kicks it out of bounds, he's he's letting the other team start at the 40. And when that happened on Sunday, um, that was the first drive that the Cardinals scored on. So um, and, and until that point, the 49ers were really dominating. I'm going to talk about the defense here in a little bit. But uh, that was a big mistake for uh, for Jake Moody. He did hit all of his PAT, so that's that's a positive thing. But uh, he needs to stop kicking it out of bounds. Next thing I wrote was, welcome back, Brandon Ayuk. The 49ers got their top receiver back, and Ayuk did not disappoint. He had six catches for 148 yards. One of those was a beautiful throw downfield, a 40-something yard gain. Uh, beautiful throw by Brock Purdy, but an even better catch. I mean, this was fingertip, uh, great catch, great adjustment by Ayuk. He is, he like to me, I mean, he runs great routes. We've all talked about that, but he has great hands. I mean, we all remember that play last year where Brock Purdy scrambled to his left, somehow escaped being sacked, came all the way back to his right, threw a perfect pass into the end zone, and Ayuk dropped it. Well, he hasn't dropped anything this year. They threw him the ball six times yesterday. He caught all six of them. He did the same thing in the first game. I think that he's only had uh, he's had no drops, and so I think that there's only been like three like I saw this earlier today and it's something like three passes thrown his way that weren't completed and and they weren't his fault. They were either bad throws or they breakups or whatever. And so Ayuk is becoming uh, one of the top receivers in the NFL. And uh, he is, he's just looking like he's going to keep on blooming and and be a special uh, player. Next thing I wrote, have I mentioned McCaffrey is really good? (laughs) Have mentioned that. Four touchdowns yesterday. He probably could have had a fifth, but Kyle Shanahan decided to get him a, uh, or get Brock Purdy uh, a touchdown. So the record is uh, for 49ers touchdowns in a game. Uh, Jerry Rice had five and Ricky Waters had five. And so uh, McCaffrey was just one away from breaking that. So Josh said that uh, Ayuk was eight for eight in week one. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. No drops. Every ball thrown his way was completed. Uh, So impressive Ayuk. Impressive McCaffrey. Four touchdowns is crazy. Kind of wanted to see him get that fifth, but but at the same time, I, you know, I I just wanted him to score because at that point, you know, let's put the game away. Next thing I wrote down was Debo Samuel didn't do much in this game, but it could be that he was just a decoy and they weren't planning to get the ball in his hands that often due to his two injuries. So he came into the game banged up, wasn't sure he was even going to play, but then as as we got closer to the game, the you know word started getting out that it sounds like Debo is going to play. 
And early on, they got him the ball. I think they ran him maybe the second play of the game. Ran him to the outside. Didn't get much. And uh, I think they used him to do something like that again later in the game. But uh, they only ran him. I'd, I'd have to look at the stats, and I don't, I don't have them right here. But uh, um, I'll see if I can pull those up real quick. But um, Ant and I talked about that yesterday during the live stream. Are they using Debo as just like a, a decoy, as a distraction that they – because of his injuries, maybe they weren't planning to to get the ball in his hands that much because maybe they were like, hey, we don't even know if he's going to play, but if we can at least get him on the field, then that gives the Cardinals something to think about. And so uh, so Debo had three carries for six yards, um, no no passes. They didn't even throw the ball his way. So, um, so yeah, they. I think maybe maybe he was just a decoy. Um, and they never were planning to, to even get him the ball. So here's the next thing I wrote. Ambry Thomas is not good. I, I pick on him a lot. So last year, I in, in my reaction pieces um, for 49ers Web Zone, I picked on Mike McGlinchey a lot. Like almost every week I was saying Mike McGlinchey's terrible. And, and so it kind of became a joke, you know, and if I didn't slam McGlinchey, then people would, would reply to the, to the article and say, Hey, what's, what's wrong. If I got about McGlinchey. And, uh, so this, <laughs> this year, it seems like Ambry Thomas is the one that I keep picking it. I just don't, I don't think he's that great. And I feel like every time he's on the field, bad things happen. And so I know they did it yesterday because Isaiah Oliver was having to deal with some, some, some quicker slot receivers and that's not his strength. Oliver is more, he's more physical. Uh, He had some really good tackles yesterday. Uh, Some good open field tackles. In fact, he popped a few people, but that's Oliver's game. He's physical. He matches up better against the bigger receivers, but those quicker ones give him problems and so I know that's why they they pulled him out of the game and they put uh, Lenore in at the slot and uh, at the nickel, and then they brought Amber Thomas in on the outside. And then what happened? The Cardinals immediately go down and score a touchdown. And one of those was uh, Thomas got beat uh, on a double move and gave up a big play. And, and then right after that, the Cardinals scored. I don't know if that was on. I, I've seen a lot of people saying that that was uh, Ambry Thomas' fault. Uh, I'm not really sure because I don't know what kind of coverage they were in, uh, but he was with the receiver, and then he broke off the receiver to go toward the outside, and that receiver was wide open. And uh, Hufong, uh, was I don't remember which safety it was. Um, gosh, I, I forgot which safety it was. But anyway, the, the, the safety was late getting there, and um, – and so he scored. So I don't know what Amber Thomas was supposed to do on that play. Was he supposed to stay with the receiver? If so, he blew it. If he was supposed to go out to uh, out to the, the flat, you know, over to the, toward the sideline, then he did what he was supposed to do, and the safety was late. Um, so I, I I feel like it was Tashawn Gibson. That's I, I I think that it was, but maybe it was Hufonga. I can't remember. Next thing I wrote was that. Purdy's first incompletion didn't happen until well into the third quarter. 
Um, and he just keeps impressing me. I mean, 20 for 21, 283 yards and a touchdown. I feel like at every turn, he just does something impressive. Like he keeps passing the test. Everybody keeps doubting him and he just keeps performing. Remember when, uh, after the Rams game, when everybody was like, he can't throw deep, he's terrible throwing deep. And ever since then, he's thrown deep more and he's thrown deep really well. So I just like how he, how he plays and how he's up for the challenge. Young quarterbacks aren't supposed to have mastered the quarterback position at this point. But uh, like I put in the title of this, Purdy led an offensive masterclass. I mean, he was Montana-like. He just was dicing up um, the Cardinals' defense. And and so this is just impressive how, how he's out there filleting defenses. And so uh, just I, I couldn't be more proud of, of Brock Purdy. And I, I was one of the ones like last year, I, I, you know, I'm all in really, be, you know, believing in him and, and thinking, Hey, he may be able to get the 49ers past the Eagles and win, you know, even win that Super Bowl. But then there was that part of me that, that NFL history is littered with quarterbacks that looked great for a handful of games and then disappeared. So is Purdy going to be that guy? Cause he was picked last in the draft for a reason. And so, you know, it's not a thing like, you know, everybody passed on Tom Brady, you know, at least six times or whatever. Um, Everybody passed on Brock Purdy seven times and including the 49ers. And so it just, there's, there's something there and, and maybe it's just that they put too much emphasis on physical talent and not enough on what's in their mind. And so, you know, with Montana, he had, I mean, he slept to the third round and Montana was a really good college quarterback. He had been successful. He was highly touted and yet he still slipped because people thought he didn't have the physical tools um, that, that they wanted. Now, Steve Young was the opposite. He, um, he had the physical tools, but he early on didn't have what Montana had that ability to just make plays and to always stay cool under pressure. Young developed into that, but he didn't have that at first. And so Brock Purdy right now seems more Montana-like, more Brady-like. And I'm not saying he's like them, that he is them or going to become them, but he has that intangible intangible where, uh, where he just sees the field really well, makes decisions really well, makes decisions quickly, and just seems like he doesn't get flustered. And so he is leading an offensive masterclass right now um, in what he's doing. So I I am very close to the point where I'm ready to say he is the quarterback of the present and the future uh, because I, I came into the, I, back in the offseason, I was saying, okay, Brock Purdy probably deserves to be the, the starting quarterback at the beginning of the season based on what he did last year. But for me, I kind of thought maybe in two years from now, maybe Trey Lance will be the guy because he's just so physically gifted. Um, and so I wasn't ready to say Brock Purdy is the guy, um, but I'm starting to get to that point. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays against Dallas. Um, 
I'm going to talk about them in just a second, though. Uh, let's see. The next thing I wrote down was the way the 49ers defense ended the first half and started the second half was not encouraging to me. They gave up three consecutive scoring drives. I didn't like that. And I, I mean, should we, should we be concerned any, I mean, cause some people talk about how this defense is better than they were a year ago. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the pass rush is better, but right now, offenses are playing them uh, differently. Like they're getting the ball out fast. And that's, I, I just thought they're going to, Joshua Dobbs has been in the league for like seven years. He got his first win last week against Dallas. He's not like, he's not somebody that I thought was going to give the, the 49ers any trouble at all, maybe with his legs, but definitely not as a passer. And so I was surprised that, uh, that he did so well, um, as a passer, but they couldn't get home with their pass rush because uh, the Cardinals were getting rid of the ball really fast. And so that part that, that concerns me a little bit. Um, And we saw the same thing against the Rams where, you know, Puka Nakua has like 30 catches or whatever it was. He had 15. I can't remember, but uh, he had a ton. And so it was like, you know, the Rams did this and then the Cardinals did this get rid of the ball quick. Don't let that pass rush get home. And then we have a chance. And I don't know if Dallas can play that game. Uh, we'll see, but, uh, but that was definitely the game or the game plan that, uh, Arizona came in with. And I think that, uh, that's definitely the way to attack the 49ers. And so it makes me a little concerned, but, but still the defense came through whenever you needed them to come through Javon, uh, Javon Hargrave had that sack. And so, uh, you know, they, they came through when they needed to speaking of Javon Hargrave, he was unblockable. Um, man, I, I just feel like every game he's in the backfield, almost every play. Um, and so what if he ends up being the missing piece that, that they've been missing, on that defensive front for the last few years, uh, ever since they traded DeForest Buckner, really, um, he may be that missing piece, and that could help put them over the top. Next thing I wrote down is I continue to be impressed with Drake Jackson. Um, on this one screen pass, so Jackson's coming in, he's he's rushing the passer, passer and immediately read that it was a screen pass and turned around, help bring down the running back and get the 49ers off the field. Um, just impressed with that for a young player to uh, to recognize those things as well as he did. I, I, I just thought that was great. And, you know, as, as he gets more and more um, experience and a better understanding of, of how to read what's going on and what to do in, in those games, he's going to get to a point where he doesn't have to think as much and he can just let his athleticism take over. And when that happens, I think that he potentially could be a force uh, to be uh, to be reckoned with. Next thing I wrote down is the 49ers offense is dangerous. And I asked the question, are they now better than the 49ers defense? We've been, we uh, since 2019, the 49ers defense has carried the 49ers offense. It was like this in the Harbaugh days as well. Not as much when Kaepernick took over, but the 49ers defense for years has been carrying the team. But right now, the 49ers offense is carrying the defense. 
um, happened yesterday. It happened against the Rams. Uh, the 49ers defense was really good against the Giants and really good against the Steelers. But I think that in the second game and, the, and in the fourth game, the 49ers de- uh, offense carried the day. They, they won the day. And so if the 49ers offense gets to the point where they're consistently better than the defense, man, I mean, they're going to win the Super Bowl as long as they stay healthy and, and things bounce their way. But because this defense is a championship level defense, and if the offense gets to that point, and I think that they they're showing that it's just can they consistently stay that way? Um, if that happens, then uh, then we're going to see this team playing in February, I think. And so uh, that's super exciting, and it's exciting because when you think about Camelot, the the 49ers history, the the great glory days. Um, you know, like with that Dwight Clark, uh, that catch back there and um, over my shoulder. It Those teams were known for their offense. Now, they won Super Bowls because of their defense. Um, you go back to that, to Super Bowl 19, when they shut down Dan Marino, Joe Montana was the MVP, but the defense really was the star of that show. Um, in Super Bowl 16, in their first one, the 49ers offense wasn't great, they had been all season, but they weren't great in that uh, in that game. But the defense won that Super Bowl for them. And so, you know, you can go back to 94, best offense in football that year, but uh, that defense is what put them over the top. And so they needed that defense to get past Dallas, and, and that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, defenses win championships, but I think we're used to having – a 49ers offense be really good. You know, when Steve Mariucci was the coach and you had Jeff Garcia and Garrison Hurst and Terrell Owens, you had some great offenses there. That offensive line that Garrison Hurst ran behind was maybe the best that they've had uh, in, in the history of this team. Uh, They had some great ones in the eighties, great one uh, in 94. Um, Harbaugh had some great ones, but uh, that, those one those offensive lines that Garrison Hurst ran behind were second to none. I mean, they were they were so good, and so I I just think that this offense it, it has become so dangerous. Um, over thirty point thirty points or better every game this season. So that's impressive. Next thing I wrote down was Willie Sneed can block. Willie Sneed had a great block on a couple of runs, and he also made a catch. So it was good to see him get in and and uh, make an impact. Next thing I wrote down was Purdy, Ayuk, and McCaffrey were incredible this game. They were easily the three-headed monster. Uh, Talked about Purdy a lot. Talked about Ayuk and McCaffrey. We all know how he did. So great game by those guys. But also the offensive line. Other than the sack that Colton McKivitz gave up, the offensive line was really good. Now, here's the scary part. Next up for Colton McKivitz is Micah Parsons. And he survived TJ Watt, although he gave up, you know, a few sacks. Um, although I, I, I do think that one of those sacks uh, that TJ Watt got was on Brock Purdy. Um, but uh, Micah Parsons is, is a beast, man. And so I, I mean, we all remember what he did to Mike McGlinchey last year. Uh, 
so that's this is going to be my number one concern um, against Dallas is going to be Micah Parsons and getting him blocked. Um, and I thought Kyle Shanahan called a great game. I thought that uh, he was just spot on. His receivers were open. Ayuk um, was, I mean, he's always open. There was there was one where he was so open, and I'm like, how in the world did he get so open? Um, but uh, but yeah, next up is the Cowboys, and so uh, what are you worried about with them? I, for me, it's Micah Parsons. Um, Tony Pollard scares me a little bit more than Ezekiel Elliott did. Um, but I just don't know if Dallas is going to be able to run on the 49ers. Now, they uh, when they lost to the Cardinals, they had, I think, three offensive linemen that didn't play that game or, or got hurt and left the game. And so uh, I, I need to check and see if those guys were back on Sunday. But that's going to be that's going to be a challenge. Can they block Micah Parsons? Can they slow down Tony Pollard? And then those receivers scare me a little bit. Uh, C.D. Lamb and uh, and some of those guys. One of their tight ends uh, had a really good game on Sunday, and uh, and then Michael Gallup. Um, I think that they've got some good receivers. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough game for the 49ers on Sunday night. But hey. This week, we're just going to celebrate this win, going to celebrate being 4-0 and uh, excited about that. So, hey, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, please take a minute and like, uh, like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel, and give us some love. We big fat, Give us a big fat like. Um, that way the, the whole world can see it. And uh, so we're, if you're listening um, just to the audio part of this, wherever you listen, please make sure you rate, review, and follow the 49ers Camelot show. Everybody have a great week, and uh, I'll be back here sometime later this week. But uh, I'm out of here. I'll check back in.